Hello and welcome to C3 Newcastle City Podcast. It is our honour to host you and trust you will enjoy this message as much as we did. For more information about C3 Newcastle City or to connect with us, visit our website, www.c3nc.com. Wonderful. While we're talking about giving, I just wanted to give an update on Vision Builders. Uh, Vision Builders is kind of our giving that we do every year to go towards, uh, other than just sort of general running, but uh, towards missions, towards current needs, to equipment, facilities, that kind of thing, and also our, our future. Because uh, we would love, I think we all say this, uh, to love, have our own building one day, right? To own property that uh, will extend the life of this church well into the generations. And so I'm very pleased that we've, we've got a couple hundred thousand dollars to put away as a deposit, but the buildings and the things that we're going to be looking at, they're going to be millions of dollars. Because our city is doing very well and growing and it's very blessed, so that's wonderful. But yeah, we would we, we need to build up a deposit, and so currently we've had up over the afternoon, we have 220,000 pledged, and 110,000 has come in, so we're, we're halfway there. And uh, if, if you're able and willing and can sum in that rest of that pledge that you had, I'd encourage you to do that because the remaining amount all goes towards future, so whatever comes in now goes towards our future and having our own property. So I'm super pumped about that. And, I just feel like a fire on that uh, recently. I just think it's time. We're, we've been going for a little while now as a church. It's time. And I feel the season is close to buying our own property. So, yeah, there you go. And if you want more information, you can have a look at one of these beautiful brochures. And uh, check it out. So good. Hey, Alan and Connie, I, as soon as I saw you walk in today, I'm like, here we go. He's got a lot of prophecy, so I'm going to give him one. Um, but I really feel it's the season to gather for you, for you both. And I'm talking about people. I kind of I saw two groups. One group full of Christians, and you. And, and I don't know if you have a nice veranda. You have a nice veranda when you're building one. I don't know. Might be. But uh, I just saw you gathered there with with believers, people within the church. And having, I know you both have revival in your heart, right? To see people, cities, one for God, and this sense that, but I see that happening in your home. You gathering people, and the presence of God coming, and revelation flowing, and uh, I'm really excited about that. But there's a second group that you'll also gather, and these will be people that aren't believers. And you'll have millionaires, and you'll have those that are on the other end of the spectrum. And they'll be gathering together, but they'll gather with some of those from that other group. And they'll come together and there'll be a there'll be revival there in the midst of that as well. And so I see those two things. And so I just release that into your season ahead and what's coming for you. It's a season to gather. And out of that will be blessing in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So good. Amen. Wonderful. Who's ready for the word? Good, good, good. Chauncey Halliburton, my gosh. Call of God on your life. The call of God on your life is real, buddy. I know we're catching up, but I just feel to say that tonight. But uh, I kind of feel like everyone's kind of been aware of it. And so have you. The call of God's just been there in a corner. And I feel like there's moments where you might have said prayers where, like, God, don't let it out of the bag just yet. Because I, you know. You know that I'm calling it out of you. It's time for you to step out. You'll preach and you'll sing. You'll 
minister and you lead. The Lord's called you to that. And there's lives that are attached to your life that the Lord is calling you to minister and lead. Yeah? And, and that's significant. And I don't say that over every life, but it's upon your life. Lives. To lead, to minister, to preach, and to sing. That's, that's an unusual combination. But I see that all upon the life. And so I just release that upon you today. Step into that day. It's time to awaken some. Yeah? You receive that? Awesome. So, so good. Whew. Let's, uh, let's, let's read the Bible. I'm excited about this. Talking about purpose, we're kind of in the last chapter of this God Focus series. And purpose is something that I, I just about feel most excited about. Because everyone's looking for it. And we've kind of got the answer <laughs> to purpose, yeah? Um, it's, it's quite incredible. You know that, I said this last week, but like 50% of people that, well, firstly, people that start university, about 20%, those of you would probably see it after the first year, leave university. Because they kind of start something and go, this isn't what I thought I was called to or I'm into. And, so I'm going to walk away being rejected. 50% though quit before they finish their degree. Half. Finding and discovering what your meaning and purpose in life is kind of hard sometimes. Yeah? And the world's kind of looking for it. Everybody wants to believe that they're on this earth for a reason. They do. It's in all of us to go, I've got, there's got to be something and a reason why I'm here. Even if they don't believe in God, they believe in some kind of karma or some kind of, you know, existence that hopefully would be good for others or something like that. You know, you might hear people say, but everyone wants to believe in their heart that there's a reason for my life. And, and I, I, I so feel called to that. In fact, if I wasn't a pastor, I'd still be called to it. And the reason I know that is years ago when we weren't pastors, we were just in a really difficult moment in our life. Uh, where we were kind of like, where's our purpose? I felt God say, your purpose is to help other people find their purpose. Isn't that cool? And I, I feel completely committed to that. So if the Lord wants to take me out of ministry, I still, I'm convinced. There's nothing better in that moment when you step into what you are and who you are, and you know, this is what God has created me to be. And so I feel very passionate about this subject, about talking about finding God's purpose. And then, there's, there's two purposes that we all have. One is within the church, to serve and to use our gifts for the glory of God and for the, for the blessing of others, yeah, to serve one another. And we're all called to that. Every believer, I say, no one walks into these church doors so they can sit on a blue chair. I don't believe it. There are a few that that's all they do, and God bless them. But every person has gifts on their life. No one will fill out a spiritual gifts questionnaire and come back with nothing. Okay, that I can guarantee. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you can do that. You'll, you'll, you'll be lying. The Lord will convict you of it, and I'll give you a hundred dollars, and you'll have to bless me further because you lied. But everyone's got gifts on their life, and it's for the building of the, the house of God, the church. And we're all called to fulfill our purpose in that way. But secondly, it's, you've, got to, you've got to fulfill your purpose every other day of the week. If all you're doing is living out your purpose on Sunday week, and you, you one, one way too much, you know what I mean? you got to do it 
every day of your life. And so I, I want to speak to us tonight about how, how we discover that and live it. Amen? Are you with me? Who's, who's keen to do that? Turn, turn to Luke 5. And let's talk about this. But I really want to encourage you to get to Connect Group this week because I've asked uh, the Connect Groups to look into this a little bit further and kind of discuss this whole thing of purpose and, and just kind of speak it out. There's something about speaking out God's purpose in your life that kind of does something, it awakens something. So uh, we'll get into that. But I love this story. And this story is um, when Jesus calls the first disciples. I love this story because it's just a guy doing his day his life and suddenly he gets arrested by Jesus Christ and everything changes forevermore. I mean for all of us. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to look at that tonight. Does that sound alright? So if you want to turn to Luke 5, this is this is the moment where Peter, Andrew, James and John come to follow Jesus. So up until this point, uh, Jesus is doing great things. He's come out of the wilderness, he's walking in the synagogue, he's announced the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and there's this great and powerful moment in, in the synagogue. He walks out, has a little bit of back and forth, but in, you know, a little bit of knockback with some, but he goes and starts healing people, and very quickly, his name gets around as this person, this prophet, this potential Messiah, who's healing and delivering people and just doing crazy stuff, and so he's got quite a crowd. And it comes to this moment down at Lake Galilee, where... Uh, He's coming down towards the water, and he's got this massive crowd that are following him, and, and they're all so keen. I mean, they know that they can tell already, you've only got to get close to this guy, and whatever ailment, whatever kind of thing's holding you back in your life, whatever kind of opposition you've got, you only have to get within an inch or just even a meter of this guy, and everything changes, you know? Can you imagine that? You've only got to get close to this guy, and everything that's ever stopped you, hindered you, you just have to get close to him and it all changes in a moment. And so Jesus has got this crowd that are just pressing in on him. And he comes down to Lake Galilee and, and he's, he's looking to preach the gospel, but he, he's almost getting overrun by people. So let's read what happens here. And this is all to do with our purpose. I think there's some keys in this story that will help us to unlock our purpose here. So it says this in Luke 5, chapter 1, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, sorry. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake, uh, the lake of what's Galilee, and he saw two boats on the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets, getting getting into and, and then saying this. Then he, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put up a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when they had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Put it out to the deep, and we'll get to that in just a moment." But so Jesus is, he's got this crowd, and they're literally pressing it on him, and, and he's kind of almost getting pushed over, and he gets to the point where, you know what, I'm running out of space here, I've got to kind of just create a little bit of a distance, and he sees this boat, and this boat's just on the shore there, and so he just steps up on it, and he, and he, and he just, he sees Simon Peter over there, and he goes, hey, I just got to use your boat, is that all good? And he just gets up, and he sits down. <laughs> It's kind of in one, one motion, like, you're right, this is good, great, I'm going to preach, awesome. And he launches in. Now, what's significant about, about this is Peter's just finished his day of work. Who's, who's ever finished a, a tough day of work and kind of just wants to get home 
know, near kings like this and just have a beer and, and chill out and just put the feet up. You ever had a day like that? Where you're kind of just tired and exhausted? Now, we all feel like that, but Peter, even more so, some of your lemonade or shandy would be really fancy. Um, but he, uh, he, he, he's, he's actually really discouraged this day because everything's gone bad. He's been fishing all night and caught nothing. Nothing. The nets are empty. They've, they've put all the effort in to, to, to catch something and they've caught nothing. And you can imagine right as they're washing their, their nets and they're just completely discouraged and, and done. Like, and, and if you've ever been in a moment like that when you've had a shocker day, you start, you, your emotion and cognitive thinking just kind of get all washed together and you start questioning everything. Have you ever been there? Like, well, nothing's working. Man, I suck at this. I don't have a problem man. Why do I bother with this? I should have done what my father told me to do. You know, and you start to run all the, through this different rationale of thinking. You're just trying to work out, what am I doing? What is my life about? And at the same time, you're feeling so discouraged and done, you just want to get home and just, like, cry. So, barely out of it. Very, very nice. But you're just done. You're just like, I'm done. And that, this is how Peter does. And then suddenly... Jesus walks into his life, and just as he's like about to pull the boat up and put it in the jet, Jesus jumps on it. He goes, hey, Peter, just going to use the boat all good, thanks very much, and preaches out. Peter's thinking, I just want to get home, and you... He's not stoked about it. Put it that way. He is not happy about this moment. Can you get that? He's not like, this is sweet, Jesus is turned up. I'm so stoked about it. He's like... Dude, get out of the That's annoying. But anyway, he, he tolerates it. And here's the first thing I believe, because Peter's about to have a life-altering moment that will set him on a course towards his purpose that will not only change his life, but it will change billions of people. I mean, billions. So what does Peter do? This, he's a nobody. He's just a fisherman. He's just a guy. But he acknowledges by seeing Jesus Christ and hearing the words that he's speaking that something about this gospel that he's preaching is good news. And so he says, go for it. Here's the first thing that you and I need to do. And the priority of each of our lives is to promote the preaching of the gospel. The news that changes humanity. The good news. Amen? And we can do that in all various different ways. You know what Peter did on this day? He was to set up and pack up crew for Jesus. That's all he was. There's nothing flashed. There was no platform. There was no opportunity. There was no titles or positions given out. He didn't even get to wear a lamp. Nothing like that. All he did was offer his boat, and it changed everything. You know, we can have all the visions and dreams, and we can even have those things, but then we can have the toughest days in our life. You know what the priority of all of our lives must be is? preaching the gospel. And we do that by being supporters of the church, but also surrendering to opportunities that present people us to speak up and share the gospel. Amen. So that's going to help you in life. If you surrender to that, good things happen. So what happens next? 
after eventually he finishes speaking. Now, going back to the story, Peter's still not in this moment where he's just like, that was a great preach. That, that was amazing. I'm so glad I'm going home late and I've got nothing for my effort tonight. Uh, I'm just so, he's mad. I believe he's mad. And so that at the end of it, Jesus has this great idea. And so he says to him, hey, Peter, put it out into the deep and let your nets out for a catch. Now, the whole thing about that is, he's done his fishing for the day. He was completely unsuccessful and doesn't want to do it anymore. He's ready to quit. He's, he's already about thinking about putting his boat up on the country. He, he's planned it all. He's like, I've washed the nets, super good. It's all going on the country. Deal's done. I'm starting something new. I'm going to take up carpentry. Because that's going to be my thing. He's having one of those days. But Jesus then says to him, Hey, Pete, you know how you. You fish on the shore, normally in the shallows, because that's where fishermen would fish. Because you know how you do that. What I have always wanted to do is go deep sea fishing. It's very exciting. I've heard it's exhilarating. Do you think, I know you've fished all night and you're super buggered and done, but do you think you could row me out into the middle of the lake? I mean, out into the very deep, deep, not where you normally fish, completely different space. Do you think you could take me all the way out there and drop your nets? Because I reckon you're going to catch something. Yeah, you are. You totally are. <laughs> you know what Peter does? Uh, he says, Master. Now, I think this might have been a bit condescending for him to go, Hey, Captain. <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the fisherman, you. Uh, we've fished all night, been completely unsuccessful. Um, Suddenly, the moment changes in his life, and he goes, but you know what? Because you said it, I've been listening to you, and there's something about this good news you're preaching about. Because you say so, I'll humor you. I'll go out. So he gets back in the boat, and he rows Jesus out into the deep, way past anywhere that's familiar to them, when they normally fish, and he gets out to the deep, and you know what the second thing that will help us fulfilling God's purpose and calling on our life is being willing to do something new. I say it all the time, but the Holy Spirit's never doing an old thing. He doesn't go, that worked yesterday, so I'll do the exact same thing the exact same way, so in today. He doesn't go, you know, I love that idea that some of that other person that did something, I'm going to do something similar to that. I saw it on social media. The Holy Spirit checks social media for people. That should scare you. He doesn't look again. You know what? That worked for someone else, so I'm going to try that. No, the Spirit is always doing something new and beautiful. And it will shock And so, Jesus says, go somewhere new. Peter says, right our own. My encouragement to you is if you want to continue to press into whatever the Lord has for you, be open and willing to go to you. To say, you know what, I haven't done it that way before. It didn't work for me in the past like that, but I'm willing. That attitude of surrender. Now what comes out of that? Let's read on. It says this, but at your word I will let down my nets. And when they had done this, 
I mean, it's like the nets hit the water and suddenly fish just come from everywhere. They enclosed a large number of fish and the nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners, says James John, come over. And they came over and their boat is also, they pulled the fish onto their boat and it also starts to sink. And they both filled the boats and they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man of all. For he, uh, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So Peter does something new that he, he just didn't think was possible, is willing, pushes out, does it, and then catches the biggest flipping catch he's ever caught in his life. I mean, this is the, this is, he wins the lotto in this moment as the fisherman. It, there's so many fish on his eight by four meter boat that it's, it's about to sink and so they call others over and then their boat, their partners, it's about to sink. They've got fish flopping around everywhere, everywhere and Jesus is sitting there with his fat big grin, grin on his face going, yeah, out into the deep, our good deep sea fishing lads, you know. And, and Peter in this moment falls to his knees and he goes, Master, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Why does he do this? Because this whole time, he's been willing, but he's had this element of judgment, like, what the frick do you know? What do you know? He passes judgment. You're, I've heard about you. You've got, you did your apprenticeship in carpentry, right? He's trying to rationalize and make sense out of everything that Jesus has been telling him to do. And he gets to this moment, he goes, you know what? I am sorry. I'm laying that all down. You know what will trip us up in life more than anything? Is the judgment and criticism of others. That'll hold you back. That'll hold back your purpose. Many, and we do it every single day. Who do they think they are? How many lives have they ever? Are you kidding me? What an absolute loser. Oh, they're paid for that filter for sure. Absolutely. What do they know? That'll, that'll burn inside of you and burn a big old hole. It'll stop you reaching your purpose. And Peter in this moment gets this revelation. In fact, just the chapter over, the chapter 6 of Luke, Jesus speaks about this. He said, judge not and you will be not judged. Condemn not and you will not be judged. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure of this is what happens to Peter. Press down, shaken together, running over, all will be put into your lap, for the measure you use will be measured back to you. You know what the strategy of the world is? If you want to get ahead, just push others down. Use them as a stepping stone in your life. Press them down until they're insignificant and under your feet, and then you'll be there. Peter gets this moment. I'm not living like that anymore. I'm laying all of that judgment down, all of that criticism, all that trying to pull people down. And I'm surrendering to be free, to move on. I want to tell you, if you want to step into your purpose, live your life before Jesus Christ. He falls before Jesus Christ with fish and blessing all around him. And he decides, today I'm done with judgment and condemnation the criticism of others. Today I'm living my life before you.
nothing more powerful or significant about this. In fact, Peter experienced this again and again when he, when he messed up, when everything went wrong. Even when he went back to his old life and went back fishing again after he messed up, and, you know, totally spoken against Jesus and that he wasn't one of the followers, Jesus meets him back again. Don't let judgment and condemnation rule your life. Come with me. Be free. Isn't that cool? You'll find your purpose just by living that way. So Peter has this moment. He releases that and he moves on. And from here it says, all who were with him were astounded the fish are catching. So they were James and John came over the sons of Zebedee, who were partners. And Jesus said to Simon, now here's the third thing. Thing that will hold us back in our life, and the thing that will move us on. He says, Hey, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. See, I, I kind of believe sometimes you get an inkling of it, kind of just a kind of sense of what God's purpose might be. And I'm sure Peter would have gone his whole life. There's something in this whole catching and gathering thing. There's something about it, this action of, 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 of catching that I I don't I feel like it's it's kind of my purpose, but I, I, it's part of it. I don't really understand it. And, and he has this incredible moment, though, where he's also been like his whole life gone, but how will it work? I don't understand how what my life will look like if I step out of of what I've been in, what I've been used to, what I'm prepared, what's safe, what's comfortable. I don't know what it'll look like, but Jesus speaks to his moment. He says, you know that fear that holds you back from actually pursuing and living out all of the purpose that is upon your life? Let it go. Let it go. Because you know that call in your heart, that little seed, that, that feeling that possibly my life is about gathering, gathering and building and releasing, today I'm calling it out of you. I'm calling you to step out of fear into faith. And today, believe with me these shores to go and catch men. We've got to forsake fear. Step out in faith. And you'll find the purpose of God every single time. When you step away from fear and you step towards faith, you'll find God's purpose every single time. The most amazing thing is Peter went from set up back up for the day of Pentecost where thousands, thousands came to faith. You know how many Christians on planet Earth there are now? Two point one eight billion. Billion. With one man decided decided his heart. I'm going to leave fear and go to faith. Later on, he had this moment where, you know, Peter was convinced that definitely for the Jews, those that believe in Abraham and patriarchs, those, those can have salvation. And then Jesus, then God speaks to him one day, he says, you know, you know that food that's unclean, that's not allowed? Eat it. And it offends him so much, but again, he has this moment where he steps out of what he knows, you know, a new space and suddenly how many millions come to faith, Gentiles, non-Jews, 
I hope that's encouraged you tonight just to step back. God's purpose is upon your heart. And if, if you're willing to be someone that says, you know what? Every single believer is called and commissioned to present the gospel. And so we must. We've also got to be willing to lay down our judgments, our criticisms, our rationale. We've got to step away from fear and the faith. If you, if you desire, if you want to do that tonight, I'm just going to encourage you just to stand up where you're at. It might be just one of those things, it might be all of them, but if you tonight just want to step into all that God has for you, to go another step. And some of you have got to one place, but maybe there's more. For Peter, it was like that moment was just leaving the shore, but then there was another moment where he said, you know what, you're going to step out in front of thousands, you're going to preach something. He went from there to another step and another step. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and it was a great encouragement to you. For more information about C3 Newcastle City, visit our website, www.c3nc.com.